Welcome to Autism Weekly, the podcast that discusses autism news, current events, and inclusion. Each week, we welcome a guest to the program to share their unique perspective and expertise as it relates to the fascinating world of autism. I'm your host, Jeff Skibitsky. I'm the founder and president at ABS. I've been in the field of autism and applied behavior analysis as a clinician and advocate for nearly two decades. The holidays are right around the corner. For many, the holidays represent an opportunity to celebrate, celebrate family, celebrate togetherness. This week, we're going to learn how parents of children with special needs can embrace those holiday traditions, include themselves in the community, manage those seasonal stressors, and stay safe through this interesting year that we've experienced. We are excited to welcome Tina Purcells to the podcast. She's a family consultant at Utah Family Voices and the Utah Parent Center. She's also a proud mother to a young gentleman with autism. We can't wait to hear your tips and learn from your real life experience, Tina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. So before we get started, Tina, it's Every year, there seems to be different stories that come out. Uh, I think just last year, I remember reading a story that came out of Florida of a 13-year-old girl who, whose experience with Christmas lights mm-hmm. brought about vocalization for the first time. I don't know if you remember hearing that story. I think it was all over the Today shows and everything like that. Yeah, it brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> yeah, but for each one of these stories, it took the family the journey to get there. As a parent who has gone through this before, can you start giving a little bit of a background to the stressors that might be occurring over the holidays and what might be overwhelming for a family, just so we can have that understanding of, okay, holidays are coming, we're excited, but we're kind of (laughs) nervous. Yeah, Um, I, I can speak to that with my son. Sometimes he doesn't want to be included. Uh, sometimes he does, he wants to do his own thing. That's kind of always been something for us that we've had to work around. Um, of course, we get together with family. I don't know how that's going to look this year for everyone, but for us, we are going to stay home. In general, we get together with cousins and, and grandma and grandpa, and um, it, it, we have to manage it. We have to figure out how that day is going to look. I think a lot of parents will relate to this when it comes to um, trying to figure out what that holiday is going to look like, how we are going to plan the day out. I think a good plan is always a good thing to have in your pocket and a backup plan. Mm-hmm. If your if plan one doesn't work out, um, I think some of the stressors that come along with it are, um, is he going to want to socialize? Or is he going to want to socialize too much? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we bring him, you know, bring him back in from that a little? Is he going to do what the other kids do? Uh, does he have to wear a dress outfit for the family picture? Is it okay if he wears something more casual that he's comfortable in? What you're talking about right there, Tina, with all of those little pieces, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of planning that sounds like must go on. There's a lot of decision-making that you must have to look at the individualization of your child and their experience, but you're weighing that with, I've got, and and I'll speak for my family, 
is I've got a lot of other inputs coming in in that decision making. So grandparents don't always understand. People coming in visiting don't always get it. Um, So as as a parent who is working with saying, okay, well, we're going to do our family picture, but we're going to do it slightly different this year. Mm-hmm. How do you get everybody on board? And, and what might that picture turn out looking like? I mean, what, what could be, I mean, the creative side of this, what have you seen out there? Um, I know this year we've decided our family picture is going to be completely different. We, we are definitely staying in and some of you might take my idea, but it <laughs> is, it is uh, kind of a casual year. And so we're going to dress in sweats. Nice. And we're going to have sweats and Santa hats, and that's what, how it's going to look. It, 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 over the years, what I've decided, I think as a, as a young mom, everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be, oh, grandma's ornaments have to be on the tree. We have to dress up and look appropriate for a family picture. Um, I think, you know, you shed some of that, and, and you figure out that, you can have so much fun without paying attention to every little detail um, of how it has to go. I think we spend more time on worrying about how it has to go or how it should go. Um, uh, I can give you a really good example of tradition um, for our family. Adam has driven our family tradition our, our, th- in this house. Um, at Christmas, when he was before his sister came along, he does have a sister the same age as him who um, came to us by adoption when she was seven years old, when they were both seven. And so, but long before she came along, Adam, um, we were so excited to, you know, have Christmas with our little boy and have him open presents. And he decided that that, that wasn't what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, and and mind you, Adam is is nonverbal. He doesn't um, always communicate things to us. And um, but what he did communicate very much so is if you hand him one gift and he opens it, that's a cool thing, and he wants to play with that. Yeah. Why would he? Why would he want to open another gift? <laughs> it just didn't make sense to him, and it still really doesn't. Um, and so our looks like getting up, you know, getting a little coffee or cocoa or, and sitting around. His sister rips every present open right away. Uh, she's a typically developing girl, for sure. And um, Adam opens one, and it's usually the one we know he's going to like. And if he doesn't want to open another one for three hours, then that's okay. Yeah. As a young child, it would cause a meltdown if we tried to get him to open another gift. And we had to figure out, you know, maybe, maybe we don't get dressed up and go to grandma's today. Maybe we change. And so years ago, we changed our plan and everybody in the family knows um, because there were, well, why aren't they showing up? Why aren't they coming over for Christmas? And I, I say that in kind of a uh, sarcastic way, you know, but, but family does think like that sometimes mm-hmm. I think. And it's hard to get them to understand um, we're trying to keep calm. We're trying not to have a bad day. And so what it looks like for us is we stay in our pajamas all day. We have brunch at grandma's house the day after Christmas. Okay. And so Adam can enjoy that holiday that, and we can too. 
Um, there's no, let's take you away from this thing that we just did that was really exciting and make you get dressed and leave the house. Yeah. And I look at that. I mean, the way that you're describing how your family operated and mm-hmm. I always, I, I always get stuck in a, in my clinical lens, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it and saying, okay, so you're, you're a, you're child centered. You're thinking about, okay, so what's going to make Adam's experience as great as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at what's really motivating for him. And mm-hmm. then you're figuring out ways to adapt to the family so that the tradition, the excitement includes yeah. him and is not taking him out of that process. So whether it is that one gift is that he still is a part of that experience, that tradition, and it's built around it. The family's there experiencing it. And, and it's those preparatory things and understanding how to take whoever it is that your child is and figuring out a way for them to be successful and included in the holiday. I think, I think what you did is super empowering. And I think that's, it's something that we all could learn from. Um, on the other end, I, I would imagine there's been at least one or two times where he's been put in a situation because uh, he's an older child now where he's probably had to enter into holiday, whether it's school or whether it's community events that have not been predictable, pleasant part of his agenda. How did you, how did you go about navigating that or advocating and coaching others um, it's taken a while with family and, um, and our family, we've had, you know, we've had family here in Utah and then we've had more family move in from other States. And so that type of support has taken, it's like we've had to teach it all over and over again to, um, the different family members that don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody's on board now. Everybody understands what we do and why we do it. Um, and that's with, with young kids. I think that's what you have to figure out. And you do have, you have help from the therapist. If you are, you know, I, I'm imagining everybody at ABS has some great therapists and, um, and you can talk with them and say, you know, how can you take a look at this with me? And this is what our holiday has looked like before. This was what I'm afraid is going to come up. How can we prevent meltdowns? How can we um, create joy? How can we get him ready for what might be uh, happening this weekend? Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that comes to mind for me is social stories. I think social stories spell it out um, sometimes. And, um, and then some good, solid approaches, a plan A and a plan B yep. you know, to, to everything that's going to go on on the holidays. And what you were talking about there as far as utilizing social stories, that, that, that's a, a very proactive approach to be able to kind of almost help prepare before you enter into those situations. Mm-hmm. What would... I mean, a social story when you're talking about a child who wants to go to the store to see Santa Mm -hmm. and wants to go sit on his lap, but you know that there's going to be a line. You know that uh, when he's with Santa is that uh, he's not going to be able to pull on Santa's beard. That's not going to be something Santa will enjoy. Um, Or uh, it's being able to make sure that uh, the social proximity 
for some kids is that he's, and I don't know for your son, but you, you don't want your child necessarily climbing all over Santa yeah. because he, and, and it's understanding those guidelines. Is that where a social story would come in? Is that you're just, I think that's a perfect example of a social story. And, and again, it could go either way with my son. He really wouldn't want anything to do with mm-hmm. Santa. It would be, you know, let's have a six foot distance between us and you can talk to me <laughs> there. Um, so COVID hasn't been too bad for my son. Actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I think, you know, depending on the child, you're going to put together or look for, because there's lots and lots of, um, all you have to do is really Google social stories mm-hmm. and lots and lots of examples. Um, I'm sure a Santa one is out there. I, yeah. I, I bet there is. Um, but, but you write that in, in, in the way that, you know, we, we want them socially and out in the community to be doing what's appropriate, mm-hmm. uh, trying to do what's appropriate. Yeah. And so that social story ahead of time, probably several times going over it beforehand. Um, this is how we stand in line. Mm-hmm. This is how we, uh, this is how Santa likes to be talked to. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I can't, I don't have a lot of great examples, but I think that, um, just preparing them ahead of time for a social experience that they might not know how to handle. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And I think having an understanding of your child, knowing what skills mm-hmm. are in their repertoire so that you can make sure you're taking advantage of those skills and then maybe supporting the areas where they're going to be more challenging. So you don't necessarily have to exclude unless in, in, in your son's case, of course, it's, it's a little bit different where he wants to, but it's still, how does he exclude himself in the appropriate way that others are going to hear and respect that? So it's still building on those skills and helping to create a wonderful environment. It's just knowing what's important to the family and to the child yeah. at that time. Um, and with so- Adam, with my son, Adam, um, we would, you know, prep Santa. Mm-hmm. Time as well and let him know um he 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 doesn't really want to sit on your lap and that's okay maybe we can just sit him next to you and you can have a talk it, it's um, funny how parent advocacy never seems to have to go away it seems like that's <laughs> always there when you're going in the community is that you're your number one voice is preparing others to do what's going to be supportive of your child mm-hmm. um now, I, one of the other things that I think probably comes up through your role in consulting with other families is the anxiety, the stress, the anticipation uh, that's leading up to the holidays. Um, how, how do you include or how do you suggest that families who might be coming to you and maybe you're giving this advice or who could they turn to to say, you know what, my child right now is is super um, sensory driven and their body is just a little bit more energized right now. And they cannot keep their behaviors intact because they just don't know what to do with themselves. There's so much thought and anticipation of the holiday. Who could they turn to? Could they come to you at Utah Family Voices? Can they go to the parent center? Should they reach out to a physician, to a therapist? Who would you be recommending that get that extra support? I'd say first and foremost, if they're working with a therapist and we're seeing high anxiety and we're seeing um, possibilities that could lead us, you know, to 
to a meltdown or, mm-hmm. or things like that. I, I think it's great to talk to the therapist and say, what are your suggestions for us? It, it's probably not the first Christmas a therapist has, has had to help families with. Um, I think that's, that, that's a great way. And I, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about, you know, their ABA therapists, their occupational therapists, those type of therapies that can help you look at practical things that can be done, ways to um, to help them keep their calm. And the other thing, though, is other parents. Um, I happen to be another parent, and I'm the first, you know, line of of communication you're going to have at the parent center on something like this, but, um, you know, find, look, seek out those other parents. Maybe that are other parents at your child's school or in a, in a, um, support group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of online support groups right now. There's lots of, um, Utah based, well, not lots of, but there's a couple Utah based parent groups that are online. And, and I love, um, to, to see these parents collaborating together and saying, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Do you have any ideas on this or that? And I just actually um, looked at a conversation that was going on in one of my groups, and it was about Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. And one of the moms said, "I I don't know what I'm going to do. Most of my glass ornaments are broken, and um, I I'm stressed." I think I'm causing him stress because I get upset when he breaks things. And what's Christmas? It's all these beautiful, shiny, sparkly, wonderful things to look at and you want to touch them. And Mm -hmm. I know as a child, I wanted to touch those pretty (laughs) ornaments. Um, And so, or maybe it's, it's upsetting and you don't like the way they, they they look. Um, Or I know for my child, um, he loves those sparkly, shiny, beautiful things. And mm-hmm. this is what these moms were talking about. Some moms suggested you do a wall tree. It's, it's getting popular these days where you don't even have an actual tree. You do a tree that's up on the wall and the kids can actually um, switch around the felt ornaments on the tree. That's so cool. That's so um, creative. And it makes, <laughs> them feel like they can touch that tree they can be part of it mm-hmm. for me I had to put up the glass ornaments I I um I thought why am I getting stressed out why am I getting upset that this ornament got broken when I could put it up on the mantle on a little hook or something mm-hmm. and keep that precious memory but um I went out got plastic ornaments they bounce and when my wonderful child looks up and, and sees, you know, you can see the wonder in his eyes looking at these, these lights and, and ornaments and he grabs one and he throws it. It's not going to break. Absolutely. Um, those, those little things um, can mean so much. So yes, we can look at therapy and yes, we can look at all of those things, but what's happening around um, your child's environment that, that's not allowing them to be part of it or that is stressing you out because it's not working out the way it should. Um, I like to say, you know, we create our own, uh, our own situations, our own memories. It doesn't have to be that picture perfect thing that we see on the Hallmark channel. 
Um, Absolutely. And I think that's hard for parents though, is that whether it's social media or whether it's the Hallmark channel or whether it's the number of Christmas or holiday cards you're receiving, everything looks great. But for 90% of families out there, whether it's a, uh, a family with a child with autism or not, is that, you know, this is actually very stressful. This is, this is a snapshot of me being happy. But yeah. in between, it's me preparing and trying to get everything going and knowing that there's so much on the plate. Um, but what I've heard from everything that you've been saying is that through that process, as long as you're willing to modify traditions, mm-hmm. be creative, prepare, mm-hmm. and understand that you might have to be flexible and reach out to others, is that you can have a wonderful holiday time. You can create a situation. And even when it's challenging, you can create a support network so that if you're stressed, you can take that break (laughs) and kind of take care of yourself. What do you tell families and parents? Because that is who's probably getting the most stressed during this time is how do you how do you coach them to take care of themselves? Um, for me, I probably most moms are going to say a lot of great things about taking care of yourself, but whether we really do it and I shouldn't say moms, I should say moms and dads because I have a husband. Um, <laughs> but, um, and so it, you know, whoever, whatever type of parent you are, um, whether you're a single parent or not, I don't think any of us are really, really doing everything we can to take care of ourselves. And it's okay, especially during the holidays and those days when they're not in school, to change bedtime to a little bit earlier. So you can get a few things done or you can go take a bath or you can, whatever it you put on your face mask, you know, have a night with your significant other to, to uh, watch a movie or just something. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and again, not everybody's going to be able to do that. Not everybody's child is going to go to bed early. <laughs> um, but, but one of the things that I find that brings me peace and I tell other parents and I try to make them repeat that to me during workshops is it's okay. I don't have to apologize for um, trying to make my child or trying to give my child a good holiday. Mm -hmm. I don't have to apologize for the accommodations we need to make in order for us all to enjoy a holiday. Don't, don't say you're sorry. Don't apologize. Instead, you know, if you're going to a family gathering and you know that your son is only, or your daughter is only going to tolerate, maybe a a short amount of time with a large group, then ask whoever it is at grandma's house. We've got, you know, the guest bedroom that he can go kick back in and do his own thing and bring a toy or something with him. Um, It's nice to ahead of time. know do you have a safe place that he can go to and we'll let him know. We want you to, you know, socialize for a few. And then if you need to go off on your own, you can Mm -hmm. Don't apologize for those things. Those are solid, concrete plans that are that are something that a parent um, should be looked at as you know they did a good thing. They they made a plan for their child, so don't apologize for it just because it's different from what the other kids are doing. Have you ever seen people have creative ways of either avoiding 
the holiday dinner or modifying it to, to be able to make it so that, you know, this is a lot easier on all of us. <laughs> um, yeah. And again, that tradition, I know throughout my whole life, ham, a ham dinner was usually the Christmas dinner mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be. I've seen everything from families ordering McDonald's, mm. uh, which is, wouldn't be my favorite. I'm not a <laughs> McDonald's fan, but if, if that's what you like, do it. Yep. Um, I actually did. I have to admit, you're going to be so proud of me. I ordered a Christmas dinner ahead of time. Nice. Um, it's not even a traditional Christmas dinner. It's Italian food. It's spaghetti. And we love spaghetti. It's one of our favorite things in our family. You might have my daughter joining you all. <laughs> yeah, tell her to tell her to give me a call. Um, but yeah, you don't have to pull out all the stops uh, for everything. I would like to say we had a good two hours of making sugar cookies and decorating them, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of fun. And we didn't have to think about anything else. We picked that one thing that we really wanted to do, and everything else, you know, kind of worked out. We've had a holidays where we've um, gathered all of the, the, the cheeses. And I don't know if you get those baskets from people sometimes, but you know, cookies and, and some cheese and some crackers. And, and that's what we ate that day. Yeah. Uh, we just ate all uh, just a bunch of finger food and that's okay mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, you know, again, what I like the most about all of that is the fact that, you know, a tradition is a tradition because you make it that way. And it's figuring out what's going to work for your family and making that the new way of celebrating those holidays, incorporating some of the things that maybe everybody finds very valuable, but being able to actually take a step back, realize what's important and focus on that. And that might be making sugar cookies with your family rather than a turkey or ham dinner. It might be um, opening up one gift while the rest of the family continues with that, is that you have one child that you're not forcing to have to go through that process because it's just not right for them. So I love hearing all these stories. And, and I think that uh, both the Utah Family Voices and Utah Parent Center are very lucky to have you as a part of their consulting team because, I mean, you put things into a great perspective. How can people reach out and, and get more of that consultation or get some more of that opportunity through the organizations that you're a part of? Is there a website? Is there a number? Yeah. Um, so you can always go to the Utah Parent website and the uh, Utah Parent Center website, and that's www.utahparentcenter.org. And then um, to reach a Family Voices consultant or me, um, you would just call our main number, and it's 801 272 one zero five one and you can just ask for Tina or anybody else you might want to talk to. Um, we also do offer special education consultation there. Oh, Sorry, that, that was a long thing to say. Um, and so just keep that in mind. If you ever have anything with school that you're wondering about, you can give us a call there too. Oh, it sounds like a, an absolutely wonderful resource, uh, Tina. And I appreciate you taking the time to to educate us today and, and to, be, to be able to kind of talk through a lot of these issues that families are going to be experiencing. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday yourself. You too, Jeff. You too. So once again, walking away from another podcast, I feel like I'm always learning. Um, talking with Tina is that it, it seems as if a family tradition can be built 
It doesn't have to be something you read about in books. It doesn't have to be something that you're trying to copy from others. It's, it can be unique to yourself. And taking a look at your child, modifying things, understanding what they're capable of, and understanding what's really motivating and enjoyable for them seem to be the way to go about creating that tradition. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all of the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS. ABS is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS and the Autism Weekly podcast by visiting abskids, that's plural, dot com. Thank you for tuning in. See you again next week. Thank <music> you.